Well, welcome to the show, everybody. It's great to be with you here. I'm your host, Giles Stevens. And on this week's episode, what I'm going to do is share with you a question-answer session that I did live with some of the international missionaries and evangelists and church leaders that I mentor. And these guys are in all sorts of countries, uh, especially at the moment we're, we're sponsoring um, young leaders over in Central Asian countries such as uh, Bangladesh, Nepal, India, Pakistan, etc. And so every 15 days we have a mentoring session and they ask me questions and I teach on certain issues. And so I thought I'd include this question and answer session that I did with them. Other people also send me questions often by DM on Instagram and other things like that. So there are a number of questions here that I think are relevant for us all. And I think you're going to find them really, really helpful for you yourself as you live a fruitful life and a, a life full of faith. So after this little uh, piece of music, we'll get into the question time and I'll see you all at the end. One person asks, I'm in a city and I don't know anybody how do I evangelize? Okay. Um, let me just say this, because you may, you may be going into new places. Obviously, the kingdom of God tends to grow along established relationships. All right. And so you have to see it rather like a tree growing from one person to another. We know in the, in the scriptural example, it was... Andrew, who went and got Peter, all right? And Philip went and got Nathaniel. So you can see the family connections there brought people to Christ, all right? And so that's ten that tends to be how it happens. So if you've got one co connection, then you work with the connection that you already have, if you've got a connection. Maybe years ago, being when I was in Sri Lanka, we went to a town where there were no Christians whatsoever. They had a coconut factory there. We put a carpet on the outside, on a, on a field outside town. And at the sunset, the pastor, I had, I had two translators with me, Tamil and Singhala, I think. And, or maybe just one, I can't remember. And the pastor knew one family who were sympathetic. They weren't believers. And so he invited that family to come and listen to me speak. We put the carpet down. They came and sat on the carpet and I jumped up and began to speak. Um, now, lots of things happened that, in that, that, that meeting. But um, the, the point is this. Uh, uh, these people were people of peace. OK, remember Christ said, go after people of peace, the man of peace. So they don't have to be believers. But if you, need, if you come across people who are open to, for discussion, that's a good thing. You can invite them along, all right? As it happened in this particular meeting, one of them was an old man walking on crutches who was healed. And supernaturally, he went back into town and people saw him healed. And then he obviously brought all those people who saw him healed. They came back. So you can see how, how that works, that whole process. You say, but what happens if I don't know anybody in an area? Well, remember as well that God knows them. Okay, this is supernatural work. When I went to the Philippines for the first time, I was in a 
a hotel apartment in Manila, the capital. I remember getting on my knees in the apartment saying, Lord, I don't know anyone here, but you know everyone. I don't know their needs, but you know all their needs. Lead me to the right people. And I remember getting up off my knees, going down the stairs, out onto the streets, big, busy, bustling city, thousands of people. And I just walked through the care out, praying under my breath and, and, you know, and believing the scripture that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. If the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, then he will take you to someone who needs him. You have to have faith in that. All right. I remember a young man stopping in front of me, smiling and said, good morning to me. So I smiled back and said, good morning. And I just knew that was the person the Lord had led me to. He actually said, um, where are you going? I said, well, actually, I'm looking for you. He said, you're looking for me. I said, yeah, I got a message for you. He said, but how? Because I don't know you. I said, yeah, I know we don't know each other, but I know somebody who knows you. And he said, well, who? So I said, well, the Lord, God, he knows you. He loves you. And he's got a message for you that I'm going to give to you. And in that moment, he kind of backed right off. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not a religious person. Um, I only... I, he said, I only stopped to talk to you because you're a foreigner and I love to drink with foreigners. So that was kind of strange. So I said, well, I love to drink too. Let's drink. We can drink and talk at the same time. So literally he took me to this bar in downtown Manila. And um, maybe that scandalizes you, but I have no problem invading places of darkness because I'm a child of light. Okay, that's the whole point. And he said to me, what do you want to drink? So I said, I'd like some wine, but it has to be heavenly wine. He looked at me and said, well, I don't know if we've got heavenly wine. He said, is there anything else you want? I said, well, okay, well, I'll just have water, but it needs to be living water. He said, what is this living water? So I said, well, that's actually the message I've got for you from my friend, the Lord. And it's this, uh, you're destroying your life, drinking yourself to death. God has got living water, heavenly wine, which is the real thing that satisfies. When I said that, literally tears welled up in his eyes and he broke and he began to confess all the problems in his life to me. Cutting a story short, he was the first guy I baptized in the Philippines, um, became my first disciple, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, I'm still in touch with him today. He now lives in Canada and may become a partner of TGM. Who knows? I, I literally got in touch with him recently the other day. So the point is this. The Lord will direct you. If you don't know anyone, trust the Lord, okay, and, and you will be led. People will come across your path. Just be aware of it. Sometimes I think that Christians aren't very perceptive. They sit next to somebody in the bus. They talk to somebody at school. And they don't, you know, you can test the waters. You'll find very quickly if they're a man of peace or not, whether they're open to converse or not. Okay, one other question here. How do I evangelize an atheist? Now, again, I don't know if you have to 
deal with that. Um, atheism is different than agnosticism. Atheism is the belief that God does not exist. Agnosticism is the idea that you can't know if God exists. I just don't know. So because I don't know, I don't need to consider it. It's not an issue for me. So really agnosticism is intellectual passivity because it's for the person who doesn't want to have to think on the one hand, yeah? Whereas atheism is a position where you've, you have concluded that God doesn't exist, all right? Now, to get somebody to the place of theism, theism is belief in God, all right? So obviously, the process of bringing somebody to Christ, you need to kind of take somebody through that journey of atheism to agnosticism to theism to Christ, okay? God made flesh. And so it's a process. So if you meet an atheist, says God doesn't exist, but he's willing to engage with you, then the first thing, you, you not, might not take him to Christ immediately, but you've got to at least get him to the place of humility. And when I say humility, I mean it in the sense of get him to the place where he's not so sure about his answer. He's not so convinced that what he believes is true. Get him to question his position. So an atheist is actually somebody with a stronghold. Remember what Proverbs says. Uh, the fool says that there is no God. So really, he's in a state of foolishness. And a fool is someone who is completely closed to any other idea, doesn't want to learn. That's why they remain fools. All right. So you've got to actually get him to question their own belief. Now, I don't know if I can do this because my technology is limited, but let me just try and draw with my on an invisible paper here. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it like this. Um, one moment, please. That's a bit better. Okay, so imagine that circle represents everything that that person understands, okay, in his consciousness. Everything there, if we could put a circle around your experience, your consciousness, that's everything that you understand. And, and everybody's going to agree with that. Let's put, a, let's put a border on it, okay? But then let's say that everything that they don't understand, maybe I need to do two circles, sorry. No, well, I'll use this anyhow. So there's this, what they've understood, but this is everything in the world that they've never experienced or considered, okay? So actually what they understand is very small compared to what's out there, agreed, agreed? Okay, so their atheism is based on this, but not based on everything out there. So it's very easy to show an atheist that actually you're an atheist because of your experience. But actually, it's just because you haven't experienced other things, because if you did, then you would know that there's a God. Are you at least open to that thought? 
that maybe, and that's the big question, maybe there's a superpower out there, there's a divinity out there, it's just that you've never come across it. Anyone who's intellectually honest will agree with you. As soon as you go from a fixed position to a maybe, you've gone from atheism to agnosticism, because now the person considered, hey, there could be, I just don't know. Okay, right, so now we're moving forward. You don't know, well, let me show you how you can know that there's a God in heaven. And then you can talk about loads of things from creation to um, biblical prophecy, you know, to how Christ was prophesied before he came with so many prophecies. You can look at the, the stamp of God. I think there's a great book called the, um, the Signature of God, how God is in three persons and he's left his signature on creation in the fact that everything in creation has the signature of three persons on it. So there are three dimensions, length and breadth and height. There are three kingdoms, animal, mineral, and vegetable. Um, there are three time zones, past, present, and future, etc. So really, creation has the stamp of Trinity on it because it comes from a triune God. So you can get into that kind of thing that takes then the person from agnosticism to theism. So, ah, so there is a God. Okay, now who is this God? Can you see the process? Okay, we're kind of in the apologetics route here. Is any of this helping you? Interested? Helpful? It is really good. Okay. Let's jump to a different type of question here. Um, do you need to be baptized to speak in tongues? We tend to put God in a box, guys. We tend to put God in a box. Um, let me ask you the question. The 10 left Jesus healed, were they believers? No. It seems clear that one of them, the one who came back, who was the Samaritan, he came back, called Jesus Lord, which is a signal of accepting him as savior so it seems that 10 were cured and one got saved so they were healed before they were saved agreed most believers think that you have to be saved before you can benefit at all from god i disagree now that said there's a difference between common grace and 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 saving grace Okay, there are promises that are made to the children. So you can't, you, I can't guarantee the promises of God to somebody on the outside. I can guarantee them for somebody who's in the family because they're part of the family. There are blessings for the family. It's Abraham's sons who are blessed, the sons of faith who are blessed they, because they inherit from the father. But that said, sometimes blessings can be given to those on the outside as in a sense, as a proof of God's goodness and of his grace. And certainly in the area of evangelism, I think we have been equipped to show the goodness and grace to the world even before they're saved, all right, before they're saved. And so that's why in crusades and if you visit sick people, don't, you know, you yes, obviously preach salvation to them, but understand that you could even pray for their health before you lead them to Christ. You don't need to do it the other way around. It's in the miracle that their hearts are convinced. 
Um, likewise, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you remember when Peter preached in Cornelius's house, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in water. Because the, the disciples said to Peter, can anyone forbid that these be baptized when they heard them speak in tongues? So they were they were filled with the Holy Spirit even before they were officially baptized. So the Holy Spirit isn't kind of boxed in by your theology. I believe that they heard Peter preaching. They received in their hearts Jesus as Christ, as Lord. The Holy Spirit fell on them. They spoke in tongues. Amen. I don't believe the Spirit can make somebody speak in tongues if they're not yet a believer. All right. But water baptism can follow afterwards. All right. So don't don't limit your ministry to that. Oftentimes in my crusades, I do appeals uh, for spirit baptism. And and only after the crusade do we baptize in water. All right. So you, you can do it that way. And likewise, as I say, with healing, you can heal in, a, in an evangelistic environment before the person comes to Christ. All right. Many times that's happened with me, mostly with sort of house to house visits, things like that. When I prayed for people in sick beds, hospitals, um, I, I remember going into a hospital on an island in the Philippines many years ago. Um, a sister who had been in my meeting said to me, my daughter's in a hospital. Can you come and pray for her? It was very late at night because it was a revival meeting. I think we got to the hospital, very poor, very poor area. Um, about midnight, the hospital was packed out. You know, two or three people on each bed because you know how it is. The patient was there, but the mom or the sister who was looking after the patient was sleeping there as well. I went into this ward. There must have been a dozen beds. I prayed for the daughter of the sister. It's a longer story, but um, when, she, when I walked into the room, she manifested demons. So I cast the demons out. She fell down dead at my feet. I picked her up, put her against the wall and called life into her and she came round. Then when the people saw that, I said to them, who else would be healed by Christ tonight? And I went around the beds praying for people. They were all healed apart from one person. That's another story. But I hadn't preached Christ to them. But what I did after they were healed um, and literally doctors came in and nurses came in and other people from other places so that we had a big crowd. Then I said to the mother who spoke the local dialect, I said, now preach Christ to them. Tell them that it's Jesus who's healed them and tell them why. So she preached Christ after they were healed, not before. Do you see how it works? Well, I hope you all really enjoyed that, you know, and I want to encourage you as well, if you have questions about living a fruitful life, about sharing your faith with others, then send them in to us, send them in to me directly, and I'll try and get onto them in one of the shows that I do, or one of the mentoring calls that I do, and 
you know, obviously I want to share these as widely as possible to help people really know how to engage, how to enter the conversations that people are having, how to respond to some of the questions that people are asking. Okay, so we're here to help you and serve you in that way. I'm going to continue next week um, with more teachings and just want to remind you that on this show we're going to be having not just presentations but interviews coming up and other things so stay tuned for that and uh, keep in touch with us. I'll put more information in the show notes um, but if there's anything that uh, you'd like to comment about or questions that you want to ask please enter in touch with me uh, personally. All right. So until next week, have a really fruitful and faithful week. God bless you all.